0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.
1: Hello and welcome to the Keeping Up Appearances luxury podcast. This is our brand new podcast and if you hadn't guessed already... This is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith, and joining me for this series of podcasts is William Hansen.
2: Yes, hello, we're here because we absolutely love Hyacinth and the world of Keeping Up Appearances. We are massive bucketheads. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's bouquet!
2: Bouquet. We're massive bouquet heads. (laughs) That's right. And we want you, listeners, to fall in love with it as much as we do.
1: We sure do. So how's this podcast going to work? Well, in each instalment, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances. We suggest the best way to enjoy the podcast is to watch an episode first and then return to us and listen to the corresponding podcast. It doesn't matter if it's the first time you've watched the episode or the 50th. As long as you've seen the episode, you're very welcome to step onto our Grade One Axminster and join in the fun. Hyacinth always comes first. There's only one thing we must tell you before we get started: we'll be enjoying some light refreshments as we take you through each episode. There's only one way to
2: enjoy our tea:
1: in Royal Dalton with the hand-painted butterware.
2: And we should stress, these are the Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles.
1: Yes, courtesy of you. Yes. Because you bought me
2: a Royal Dalton with a hand-painted periwinkle. If you are new to Keeping Up Appearances, you may not know what Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles are, but you soon will. This is the only spoiler we are giving. I say spoiler, I mean, it's it's a teacup. But... (laughs) Uh, these are, yes, I, I found, I sourced at great expense, £17 I found two teacups
1: well, Was 17 for the two? What? Yes Oh,
2: gosh, wow <laughs> I splashed out You
1: did, didn't you? Well, it's lovely <laughs>
2: And uh, it's we should also, uh, for, for those China fans that are uh, amongst us listening It's not Royal Dalton No, it's not, what is it? It's, it's Col- Coalclough Clough. Braganza It's the pattern, if you want to get your own Royal Dalton. Oh, that's nice. Is it still available? Clearly. Yes, but they don't still make it, do they? No, they don't make it. You have to buy it. You have to buy second-hand. Oh. Is this second- (laughs) (laughs) God knows
0: who's drunk from that before.
1: So why don't we get started, William? Give us a brief
2: synopsis of episode one. So we thought for each synopsis for each episode. I will read directly from the book that the producer-director Harold Snowd wrote, which only came out about eight or so years ago. So this is what the producer-director wrote in his book. Series one, episode one, Daddy's Accident. Hyacinth is busy preparing for one of her candlelight suppers when her sister Daisy rings to tell her that Daddy is in hospital, having had an accident whilst engaged in his regular pursuit of chasing the ladies. As a result, Hyacinth has to drop everything and go and visit Daddy, but on the way she calls in to see Daisy. Whilst there, we see her register horror at the untidiness of Daisy's home and garden, the behaviour and general appearance of her sister's husband, Onslow, and the tartiness of her other sister, Rose. Hyacinth and Richard then go on to see Daddy. Having got back from hospital, Hyacinth has her neighbour Elizabeth in, and over coffee, that's a... Error on Harold Snow's part, because it's tea In mm. this particular episode Tells her about Daddy's accident But not what he was doing at the time The major rings Hyacinth And when he asks her whether she would like Some flowers for her function that evening She accepts and goes round To his home, only to discover That he, <laughs> he is <laughs> in a... a dirty
1: old pervert <laughs> <laughs>
2: Or, as Harold Snowd puts it, he's in a particularly amorous (laughs) mood. (laughs) In the course of the episode, we see how Hyacinth deals with people like her postman and the man who comes to read her meter.
3: You're new? Only round here, lady. Have you nothing for this address? Sorry. I'd be greatly obliged if you'd make quite sure. There's usually something for a Mrs. Richard Bouquet.
2: So that's the pilot. There's a lot of setup that happens in this episode, yes, scene
1: setting, character setting and uh, and it's interesting because some of the characters I feel change a little bit. So we begin at the very at the very beginning outside mm. Onslow and Daisy's house, which is quite unusual. is
2: I think it off the top of my head is the only time that an episode in all five series starts at Onslow and Daisy's. yes.
1: So um, the the scene is set that Daddy is in the back of an ambulance and he's had some kind of accident and they're worried about how they're going to tell Hyacinth. Now, of course, at this point we don't know who Hyacinth is. No. So you're thinking, who is this Hyacinth? She's obviously a difficult character because her sisters are dreading having to tell her.
2: Mm. And and we see with that little uh, that flick of the hair, the, the fluffing up of the hair that Rose, who is the younger of the sisters, is particularly. Um, Tarty is to use Harold Snow's words The policeman comes over It's not even that Good looking But yet She fluffs the hair Yeah Whereas Daisy is um... She's let herself go <laughs> But she has <laughs> She's let herself go
1: <laughs> She has We then find out Who Hyacinth is Because we are Immediately taken To the outside Of her Luxury bungalow in Binley Woods. In Binley Woods. You went there, didn't you?
2: I did. I've been outside. It's very different now. You can see on Google Street View that they've put an extension on the front. And uh, it doesn't quite look the same. Uh, but Elizabeth's house next door is the same. And uh, that is, the, in fact, the fact that Elizabeth's house is getting some post is the source of the uh, friction in that first scene with Hyacinth, played by the wonderful Dame Patricia Routledge. Yes, and we
1: instantly meet her next door neighbour as well, mm. um, who is a, a fundamental part of uh, of keeping up appearances. Her next door neighbour is the long-suffering Elizabeth, played by Josephine Tewson.
2: And actually, one we, we talked about in this pilot, there is quite a lot of change that sort of... Or you can spot the change if you know what comes later. Mm. And I think Elizabeth probably from a character point of view, is probably the biggest change. Why is that? Well, even just from how they dress her, her outfits... Yeah, she kind of appears in this first scene with a, a headscarf on, doesn't she? Which we never see her No, in no, him. no. No, and it's 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 she's almost in the same sort of floral print dresses that we then get used to seeing Hyacinth in later on in the series. Yes,
1: that's true. But you you instantly get then the fact that Hyacinth is an enormous snob because the postman, of course, has arrived mm. at her house, and for the first time, we find out that her surname is Bucket. Yeah, but she pronounces it immediately. She corrects him. It's bouquet. The first bouquet. And she's appalled that he's delivering post to Elizabeth next door, but not to her. And she can't believe this because everybody knows she gets more post than the people next door.
2: And I understand that frustration because I get annoyed when I go to collect the post from the communal post box and distribute it then within the flats. I get annoyed when my next door neighbours in particular get more posts than me. Yes, but is it Bill's? final demands <laughs> debt collection letters not in my neighborhood no. please how do you spell bouquet
3: b u c k e t b u c k e t oh bucket <laughs> it's bouquet
2: going back to that bucket bouquet the first time I and mean, actually that is really sort of the the first joke really, in the entire series, and in, uh, arguably the, the entire five series is based on that one joke, there's no comedy reaction from Hyacinth. If you look at her face, she doesn't normally, when she hears Bucket later on in the series, she will flinch. Mm. Or have There's a micro-expression of pain that comes across her face. Nothing. No, she just looks a bit annoyed. She does look annoyed, because obviously the postman's an idiot. Of course he is. Mm. It's
1: bouquet. So she invites... Elizabeth, to her candlelight supper that yes. evening. And again, it's just reinforcing that idea that this woman is a bit of a snob. Because who holds candlelight suppers? Well, we do. <laughs> we do. On a frequent <laughs> basis. But yes. only because Hyacinth Bouquet introduced us to them. In fact, exactly. you've been for a candlelight supper at my house. Yes. In fact, we're sitting here underneath the candelabra that's illuminated as we speak.
2: There's no other lights on in this entire house no. other than... Candlelight. Candlelight. Beautiful. It's what she would have wanted. It's what she would have liked.
1: Then Richard appears, her long-suffering husband. It's the mm. first experience we get. He comes out to tell her that the telephone has just gone. Phone call Hyacinth. She's appalled. Please don't shout in that excitable manner outdoors, Richard. I don't like you getting excited outdoors, she says. And she then goes in.
2: Having rebuked her husband. Yes,
1: well, she's appalled.
2: Now, you you mentioned Hyacinth's bungalow. yes. Now, you don't live in a bungalow per se. No, I don't. I have an upstairs. But you do, if you look at the outside of your house and squint, it does look very similar. Oh, please don't
1: tell me now it still looks similar. It did when I moved in. There are You have that forward thrust. Well, I do have the forward thrust, On yes. the left-hand side. When I first saw this house, the first thing that struck me was that it looked just like the front of Hyacinth Bouquet's house because it had kind of stained glass front door. Mm. It had a bit of stained glass uh, in one of the other windows at the front. The shape of the house and the positioning of the driveway and the garage is almost identical. Uh, The shape of the front garden, very, very similar to Hyacinth's. And when I first saw it, I thought, well, I like the look of that. It looks like Hyacinth Bouquet's house. So I bought it. (laughs) And what's the rest of the house like? Oh, terrible. It's all falling down. (laughs) Dreadful house, but at least it looks a bit like a hyacinth. But I did gradually, Mm. once I'd moved in, I did remove some of of the hyacinth bouquet features. It was a very sad day when I replaced my front door and the old hyacinth door went into the crusher. Into the... Was there a crusher? They
2: crushed it. Did you see it being crushed? Yes. Oh. Oh, that's a bit brutal. Well, it was horrible, to be honest with you. I've never liked the house ever since. (laughs) (laughs) Just before Hyacinth goes in to answer this telephone call that Richard has alerted her to, there is a brief appearance of the Major. The Major? Who I think we'll discuss the Major later, because there's a major issue that we have now with the uh, with the episode. But we'll get to that later on.
3: Yes. By God, woman, you can drive a man mad looking so attractive so early in the day. <laughs> and
2: uh, then we go, to the, we go to the telephone and Hyacinth is told about her father. We yes. still don't quite know exactly what's happened. No, but it's obviously something bad. Something very bad. Is it of a severity necessary to cancel my candlelight supper?
1: That's exactly what she says, which is a wonderful, line. Yes. So by this point, you're really starting to get to know the characters, but we are then instantly transported into the squalor of Daisy, Rose, and Onslow's home, which is—I mean, it's different. Just, it's horrible, absolutely horrible, isn't it? And it, then we see where Hyacinth's roots are. Mm. Hence, why she. She loves the life that she has now.
2: I like to think that, actually, Hyacinth's origins is somewhere in the middle of where Hyacinth is when we find her in Keeping Up Appearances and what Onslow and Daisy, where they live. I don't think she grew up in, well, a slum, basically. Oh, really? I think it was not... It wasn't anything grand, it wasn't anything posh, but Daisy and Onslow dropped and Hyacinth sort of elevated herself a little bit. Oh. So I like to think that's that's how I imagine it.
1: Oh, I'd always kind of imagine that the house that 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 Onslow and Daisy and Rose live in, I thought that was the family home beforehand. I presumed Hyacinth might have lived there before.
2: Oh, I've never thought with, about it. With like the family,
1: that. a council house that had been handed down.
2: Oh. I'm going to have to now rewatch. Well, I will be rewatching for this podcast, but now now when I Look at it. I'm going to see if I can...
1: Well, mind you, now now you say that, I guess she doesn't have the familiarity with the house that you would have if you had grown up
2: in it. Maybe it's Onslow's family's house. Maybe. I think so. Indeed.
1: So we then get the uh, glimpse of the other side of the family. Flying ducks up the wall. Flying ducks up the wall. And then, of course, for the first time, which was hugely exciting to me we get the glimpse of the Rover
2: 216. What was it about that car you particularly loved? Well... N- Is it just that it was Just it? it
1: was Hyacinth because, to be honest with you, um, and you're too young, but Rovers, um, they weren't great cars. My father dressed. had a Rover.
2: Did he? Mm. Why? I don't know. He soon got rid of it. Yes. It was blue, but it wasn't tonic blue. It was a deeper blue.
1: Oh, was it? Well, they arrive in the Rover, which was, I mean, it's a perfect car for Hyacinth and Richard because Rover was a British brand. And although it was a kind of, it was a better kind of car than a Vauxhall, it wasn't up there with the Jaguars. So again, in terms of pitching it with the class of Hyacinth and Richard, the Rover was perfect. But the Rover sweeps in to this kind of horrible road where Onslow and Daisy live and they have to park and... Richard asks Hyacinth whether he should lock the car and she responds with, I think so, don't you? We're practically in Beirut. As a child, I used to, whenever we went somewhere horrible, I'd say to my mum and dad, well, this is like Beirut.
2: <laughs> Ditto. <laughs>
1: yeah. Good grief. I've never been to Beirut. I don't know what it's like. We're practically in Beirut.
2: <laughs> so they park, ready to find out what daddy's accident is. Is, and what the situation is. Yes. Has your father ever had an accident? <laughs> why? <laughs> Sounds why like a can, commercial. I was going to say, <laughs>
1: <laughs> can, he, can he claim some got kind of a compensation then? Uh, the why only, don't
2: you phone 0800? <laughs>
1: the only accident my father had was when he trod on a red-hot briquette from a barbecue, a family barbecue. A what? One of those manufactured chunks of coal. Oh, right. I think he was barbecuing some red-hot peri-peri chicken. <laughs> And the, uh, the briquette came out of the barbecue and he had bare feet, stupidly, oh, trod on it and spent most of the afternoon in A&E. Dear. What about your father?
2: My father once broke his fifth metatarsal going into Pret-a-Manger. Did he? Going to get his sandwich for lunch. How did he do such a thing? Well, apparently in this particular Pret-a-Manger in uh, Bristol, there is a very small step which now has a lot of yellow and black tape all over it, so you can see it. And he didn't see it. He tripped and he fell, clutching his chicken avocado sandwich as he went down and then went to any and had a cast. He was in a cast for, I think, eight
3: months. (laughs) Going into Bretta Macho.
2: It was very, very, very serious. Oh, yes. And painful.
1: Oh, poor chap. Is he all right now is he s- in a
2: wheelchair? No, he is fine. He's, he's fully mobile. Good. And it was at the same time that Michael Owen broke his fifth metatarsal. But that was, I think, in the World Cup, looking at our producer. Yes. Not going into pret Right. How manly. Indeed. So, but no accident like Hyacinth's daddy, thankfully. And we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute when Hyacinth goes to the hospital. Oh, yes, which
1: indeed she does. But first, she has to go in to Onslow and Daisy's house. Which, and this is very interesting because Hyacinth's arrival into Onslow and Daisy's house is a recurring joke mm. that comes back in most of the episodes, but it changes. This first episode, it's different. They have what they do repeat several times. First of all, the gate falls off when they try and yep. open the gate.
2: And the gate falls off in many different ways over the series. Exactly.
1: It's just a wonderful, simple joke, isn't it? They go to open the gate of this horrible house and the gate collapses. But as Hyacinth walks along the pavement, she has to step over Onslow's bike because he's dumped it on the path. And as she steps over it, she falls backward and kind of lodges herself in the back of an old banger that's left on bricks on the driveway. And what's interesting is there's no door at the back of the the banger. So she falls into the back of it. But actually, from that, after this episode, that car miraculously then has a door on the back and a dog living inside. Yes. And instead of falling into the car, she always falls into the privet bush. And that joke is repeated in, I think, pretty much all of the episodes, isn't it? Yes. And you wait. The minute she arrives at the house, as every single episode of Keeping Up Appearances goes on, you look forward to the moment when she'll fall into the bush. It's just funny. They must have destroyed that bush in filming it.
2: Yeah, I don't think from again from Google Street View off the top of my head, I don't think the bush is there anymore. Well, it wouldn't. No, it would have. It's got a big Patricia routledge shape <laughs> hole in it. A <laughs> couple of Patricia buttocks
3: squashed into the privet. You don't want that, do you? No. Richard, now what? You shouldn't be stretching your legs like that at your age. <laughs> you in broad daylight in front of prying eyes. <laughs> So they go into,
1: uh, into the house, they find out what's gone on with Daddy, and we know that he's been naked. He's had some kind of accident, and he's naked. And Hyacinth responds with, Daddy wouldn't be naked. Why would Daddy be naked when he's got his name down for a nice old person's bungalow? <laughs> Which I think
2: a lovely line. It's a lovely line, and I think it's, you know, Hyacinth is always trying to see the good in situations. I think she tries to put a positive she would in another life. She'd be great in PR because she tries to spin everything that it was good. And she's an optimist, I think. Really? I think she is. Well, when it... when She it, can't see people's... Or if she does, she doesn't admit them. Well, not her own family.
1: No, I mean, her dad... Because the fact her daddy, and we'll find out a little later, but her daddy is a bit of a dirty old man, isn't he, mm. really? And has he's had this accident as a result of being a dirty old man. But she would hate to think about that, so...
2: But she thinks that the reason why he's probably removed his clothes is pollution, and there's a lot of pollution near the canal. And that's why, rather than... Oh, hang on, we might have an issue here. We might need to send him to some sort of rehab. Oh, I'd better get that. It's bound to be someone important. Well, while you do, let's take a short break, and we'll be back after this.
0: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
2: Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. Before we were rudely interrupted by the doorbell, we were talking about the pilot episode of Keeping Up Appearances. And Hyacinth was at Onslow and Daisy's house learning what had happened to Daddy. And actually, I wanted to talk about Hyacinth's appearance as she arrives at Onslow's and Daisy's and then sits down. Again, because this is the pilot episode, I don't think the wardrobe department knew exactly what they were doing with Hyacinth because there's no hat and Hyacinth is known for her hats. And she's wearing a light blue, quite long anorak. Mm. It's actually quite normal, I think. She doesn't look as over the top, as sometimes we are then familiar with. No. And there's no hat. Onslow even makes a line. He says, Queen Mother's outside. But yet, actually, Hyacinth doesn't really, at that point, look like the Queen Mother. She does later on in the series, but not at that point. So I think it's interesting to see that they had not quite worked out, that women, as is the etiquette, I mean, look at the Queen now, always is outside with a hat and gloves. When was this filmed... This was in 1991. I was going to say because I don't know,
1: were you born in the 90s? I was born in 89. 89. I was well, you two would have been once. too young. But you see, back in the early 90s, members of my family used to wear clothes like hyacinths at that particular. Point. How did you so feel about your
2: father in the dress? I
1: had, um, <laughs> I had, I had members of my family who would wear anoraks like that.
2: Well, I do. I mean, I've got one. I what? wore it the other day. What? You've got a,
1: an anorex like a, a hyacinth bouquet? Yes.
2: Let me find a photograph. I wore it to my uh, goddaughter's tree planting ceremony the other day. <laughs> what? Well, it's not light blue, but it's that material. That's
1: not like hyacinths. Yes, it is. No, that's a flasher's mac. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I can assure you I did no flashing then. You look like Inspector Gadget. Oh, I do. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> go gadget go. <laughs> so yes, they they develop what what not only Elizabeth as we mentioned earlier, but Hyacinth Wears and her reaction to mugs, which is a great gif. I see it all the time on on Twitter, is my reaction to a mug today. Oh, you know I don't. I mean I don't. I don't mind other people drinking. Thank goodness from mugs. we're drinking out of the hand painted <laughs> <by the Winkles. laughs> But I, I don't... I've said it before, but with mugs you get an overwhelming amount of liquid. <laughs> oh, God. So... <laughs> <laughs> don't write your own joke.
3: He's in love with the milkwoman. Oh, don't It's so ridiculous. You'd have thought so if you'd have seen him pedalling after a stark naked on his bike. <laughs> he chased her for a mile, down by the canal. But the milkwoman doesn't go anywhere near the canal, does she? She did last night. He caught her on her way to bingo. Well, you know how fond he is of dairy products. I expect he wanted to order extra cream. (laughs)
2: So off they go. They leave Onslow and Daisies and Rose and they go to the hospital. Yes. Which was actually a school. Yes, it it? was. I can't remember where. Leamington Spa School. Leamington Spa Yes,
1: so they uh, they arrive in the hospital, very old fashioned hospital.
2: Yes, Look, you don't get hospitals like that anymore. No,
1: but no. I remember when hospitals were a bit like that, mm. back in the nineties. That was a very yes. typical kind of hospital, Cottage at that Hospital time. type thing. That's right. So she goes in, and of course, Daddy's in the bed, and she quickly finds out that Daddy's sustained some kind of injury down below, and we know this because the doctor has to pull back the covers, and she glances and is appalled at oh, what she sees. Dignity. Yes. And, of course, at that particular point, as you mentioned earlier, she finds out that he was naked, but she makes an excuse that his clothes must have dissolved in the pollution.
2: Yes. Because he falls in the canal. And, again, she's looking for the good. She wants people to think well of her family. Yes.
1: Well, because her father's an embarrassment. Yes. And she's embarrassed that the old man in the bed opposite... Knows that he was naked and fell in a canal.
2: Well, she doesn't want anyone to know because when she then gets back home, she she skirts around it with Elizabeth and says that uh, Daddy prohibits uh, her from mentioning it.
1: But I'm quite pleased, to, to be honest with you, I'm pleased that the hospital scene doesn't last very long because I it's think... It's not the greatest. In the whole of this episode... It's uh, it's not my favourite bit.
2: No, the guy way. opposite, the doctor's a bit bland. Yeah.
3: <laughs> I demand to be shown the extent of his injuries.
1: But we now go, following the hospital scene, to, again, one of those other recurring scenes where the joke is repeated episode after episode, and that is Elizabeth arriving for, for coffee, or, in fact, for tea. a
2: cup of tea on this particular occasion. Becomes coffee pretty much every time later on, but in the pilot... She comes in for a cup of tea. That's right. And in the kitchen, always in the
1: kitchen. And we have for the first time the, oh, don't sit there, dear. I like to face the window, which again is a simple. I I don't know why. It's funny, really.
2: I I think because Hyacinth always says, come on in, sit anywhere. Yes. And then Elizabeth goes to sit anywhere. But actually, there is somewhere where you shouldn't sit.
1: But, do, but she doesn't say sit anywhere after the first episode, does she?
2: I think she does. Does she? I think there are a couple of episodes where she says sit where you like.
1: Not there! I like to face the window!
2: Another recurring joke. Exactly. And then, of course, we have
1: the arrival of the cups and saucers, the pouring of the tea, and because Elizabeth is so nervous... Of breaking one of these beautiful cups and saucers Although, interestingly, not the Royal Dalton with the hand-painted periwinkles In that particular scene, is it? No, it's they come in the
2: next nut. episode It's an Argyle, I believe, is the, is the pattern Is it? Or the brand, the, the, the manufacturer Do
1: you have any of that?
2: Not yet Not yet <laughs> By the end of this series So, um, yes,
1: Elizabeth's gone to pieces Because she's worried about breaking the china And she starts the
2: shaking, doesn't she? And again, we have another look for Elizabeth. Elizabeth has three separate and distinct looks in this episode, and her hair is a lot more um, smart, is a lot smarter than it then is for the for the rest of the series. Do we have the
1: first smash of the cup before the phone goes, or or, I think the smash happens because of the phone. Right, but the first phone call is the Chinese takeaway. Which, again, is another recurring joke.
2: One of my favourite videos on YouTube is the, is the compilation of all the different Chinese takeaways Yes, put in one, one lovely video.
1: That's right, because for some reason, Hyacinth's telephone number is obviously exactly the same or one number different to the local Chinese takeaway. So her entire, her entire life is spent answering her white slimline telephone with last number redial. Yes. Which, again, is another recurring part of her kind of snobby humour. But it, what's interesting is the nowadays so many people don't have a landline. I love a landline. Well, I love a landline as well, but no one ever rings my landline. And I'll when, ring someone, your landline. when someone when no, someone I'd rather you didn't because <laughs> I don't answer it because whenever I do, it's someone trying to sell me PPE or asking if no PPE, PPE. <laughs> Well, nowadays. <laughs>
2: <laughs> PPI so the, last year.
1: <laughs> selling me PPI or asking me if I've had a, been in a car accident. So, I don't
2: answer it. No, okay. Well, I won't phone you. But though.
1: back in the day, I mean the landline would be going all the
2: time, wouldn't it? Yes. And it is in this episode there are many calls on the phone. There are lots of calls, not on just the, the Chinese takeaway. On the white Slimline telephone with last number Redar. I
3: hope that's not Daddy going septic. <laughs> the lady of the house speaking.
1: Shall we talk about the kitchen? Let's talk about the kitchen, because the kitchen, although most of it stays the same, there is a fundamental difference between this episode and all of the subsequent episodes. The colour. I don't think they really bothered with the set much in the first episode. Well, certainly not the set for the kitchen, did they?
2: No, and I actually think the wallpaper in the hall is slightly different. Is it? Slightly. Not massively, but slightly. Right. But the kitchen cupboards... Just look a very
1: kind of... um, I don't think Hyacinth would actually have those cut units. No. A very kind of
2: pale, biscuity colour MDF. Well, it looks a lot better going forward. It does. Everything in that kitchen changes. Elizabeth's costume, her hair, the china, the units.
1: But I'm fairly sure that when the phone rings and she goes to the phone to Chinese takeaway, Elizabeth's then on her hands and knees
2: cleaning the rug, isn't she, when she comes back in. Yes, Attempting, which is which is very nice etiquette as a guest. If you've created such a disastrous spill, try to at least help yes. and, and clean up.
1: And Hyacinth says, "Oh, it can't be easy being dainty when you're all thumbs," which is something that recurs throughout. Because Elizabeth smashes a cup or drops something every single time she comes for coffee
2: or tea at Hyacinth. Hyacinth must have about forty-two cups of Royal Dalton. With the hand-painted periwinkles, because there are a lot of smashes. Yes. Then the phone rings again. And she hopes it's not Daddy going septic. That's right. And she
1: raises the phone. And we then get, when she goes to the phone the second time, we then get the line, the bouquet residence, lady, the lady the of the house, house speaking, speaking, which we didn't get the first time. And again, that's something that I... I mean, it just stuck, didn't it? Mm. And for years and years as a child, I used to answer the phone, the Vernon Smith residence gentleman of the house speaking, and I have a <laughs> sneaky feeling you probably did the same.
2: My grandmother, etiquette granny, always told me to answer the phone, hello, who's speaking, please? <laughs> so I didn't quite do the Hanson residence. As a child, I did insist to my parents, I did the uh, the message on the answer phone, they always told me no. <laughs> um, but I would have done it in the style of, of hyacinth, had I been allowed, the deprived childhood that I had. And th- on this time, when the phone goes, it is... Sheridan.
1: No, it's my sister Violet.
2: Oh, is it? God, this it goes time, four times.
1: It's my sister Violet because she then does the first, it's my sister Violet she's the one with the swimming pool sauna and room for a pony. That's I see. the first time okay.
2: we I'm have wrong.
1: introduction to the fact that she has one sister that's obviously
2: rich. Yes. The, the ass, who's done even better than Hyacinth. Even better. Through marriage. That's right. And it's when she's on the phone to Violet
1: that the doorbell goes.
2: (gasps) Yes, like our doorbell went. Like our
1: very own doorbell went just moments ago. But it was the man who's come to read The Electric.
2: With the funny moustache.
1: Is it the one with the funny moustache?
2: Elizabeth goes to answer the door because Hyacinth's on the telephone.
1: As she's going to answer the front door, Hyacinth puts the phone to her bosom, as is always the way, and says, Kindly inform whoever it is that I'm at home and I will receive them momentarily. (laughs) It's such a lovely line, isn't
2: it? She wants to be the queen. She does. She wants a little bell to press to (laughs) allow guests to come in.
3: Whoever it is that I am at home And that I will receive them momentarily
2: Hyacinth gets a bad press by a lot of people But a moment that I really enjoyed in this episode Is when the man Reads the metre But Hyacinth then checks To see if it's, he's done it correctly Do you remember what the metre reading was? Oh <laughs> <laughs> No I don't You don't remember? No It's 8321 <laughs> and she has to check Just to make sure radio too isn't it
1: (laughs) which is a well-known British radio station yes don't forget as well Mm -hmm. she barks the order before she lets the electricity man in she says make him wait there till I've looked at his feet and she makes him remove his shoes
2: which again is a recurring theme
1: now you are the the king of etiquette yes yes is it acceptable to ask someone to take their shoes off? Because I think it's very common.
2: I did have a trademan in yesterday, actually, did the you? house, and he asked if he should remove his shoes. What did you say? I said, Are they filthy? <laughs> he was delivering my new ottoman for the bedroom. Oh. I'm not making any of this up. And I, he said, No, they're not filthy. And I said, That's fine, come on in then. But if they were caked in mud, and it was a dry day yesterday. I would probably have got him to remove his shoes. Or dog poo. Yes, but all was fine. And the Ottoman, thanks for asking, looks great. Good. So she
1: has the meter read and then the next scene is her prepping for the candlelit supper.
2: Yes, the candlelit supper. It's very rare that we see the dining room. I have to be honest with you, I think it looks lovely. It does, it looks very smart. It it does. Um, I'm not quite
1: sure about the the painting of Winston Churchill above the... uh, the fireplace. What's wrong with that? It's Well, it, Well, would you have a painting of Winston Churchill above your fireplace?
2: No, but equally I do have a framed telephone directory of the Queen Mother. <laughs> so <laughs> You do surprise us. Yes. But I don't think there's anything wrong. If, if she thinks Winston Churchill's great, fine. Yeah. Pop him on the wall. That's right. I have Theresa May.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: because I felt it was the nice thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> really? No. You rotter. But yes, she, she's preparing. That's right. She nice. does a little business where she finishes off doing the the napkin origami. Yeah. Richard comes in, and uh, and and she, you know the table looks good. It, it, looks, does. it looks. she's lovely. She's done a good job. A couple of little etiquette faux pas that we'll will pass along to the whoever actually did set the table, which she does actually correct in future episodes. Oh really? Yes. Indeed, actually, the biggest one is is the um, the position of the pudding cutlery which she puts above the plate. And from the closing titles, as we know, the very end is her drawing, reading the etiquette book and drawing the fork and spoon down to the side of the uh, the centre of the play setting, not at the top, because that is the American or nursery setting rather than the more formal.
1: It's a shame that you were so young, really, because if you were the age you are now, when they make Keeping Up Appearances, they might have used you as their etiquette consultant on the show. Yes, Imagine that.
2: Imagine what my career would be. Oh.
1: So while they are preparing the table, the phone
2: rings again. Oh, the phone rings more times in this episode than it does in the entire series. This is the first time we are introduced to Sheridan. And we
1: also realise that Sheridan, and this is another recurring joke, is always asking for money because she says, Sheridan, you need
2: how much? And Richard looks horrified. Yes.
1: Although, interestingly, they again, this is where this first episode, Hyacinth is a slightly different person to the person she mm. is as the programme goes on, because she's quite hard with Sheridan in this episode, and she says to Richard, um, don't give him any money. Whereas, of course, in future, she's always the one that's happy, and it's Richard who doesn't want
2: to give him any yes. money. Yes, and she's very firm with Sheridan when, she, when she, she completely doesn't want him joining the Sword of the People. That's right. Then the phone goes down, rings immediately. It's the major. Uh, Yes, he's and he's asking, very thoughtful, would you like to come and have some flowers from my conservatory? Some
1: flowers from your conservatory?
2: For the candlelight supper. Yes, lovely. He's got a red-hot poker with Hyacinth's name written all over it. That's absolutely right,
1: he has. Then what happens for me is my favourite scene in the whole of this episode. Hyacinth arrives at the Major's Conservatory and you just... You observe through the window as it quickly becomes apparent the Major is what we used to call a dirty old
2: man. What is now called illegal.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So... You then see um, Hyacinth being chased around the conservatory by the major, who has wandering hands, I think is a safe way Mm. of putting it, and Hyacinth has to hit him with the bunch of flowers that he's picked for her to try and get him to back off. (laughs) In the process, he takes her anorak.
2: That lovely anorak,
1: yes. Because when she then leaves, she staggers out, and the moment that she comes down those steps... Is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Her hair by this point (laughs) is all over the
2: place because she's been chased around the
1: conservatory by the major.
2: Mud smeared up her face. That's
1: right. Uh, She comes and she falls down the stairs a bit. (laughs) She she then trips as she runs and then pulls her skirt out of her bum. (laughs) 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 And it's at that moment. Where you see the physical comedy of Patricia Routledge, she
2: was just so funny. She was funny. It's a very good scene. Obviously, we watch it now with our modern eyes, and for some, it's probably very uncomfortable. And if it weren't for Patricia Routledge's fantastic physical acting, it, it would be incredibly cringe. And obviously, it's make believe. You know, no one was no one was harmed. Home. In the <laughs> ma- <laughs> Just a few dahlias. Uh, and then after that, it, it then goes back to uh, to Hyacinth and Richard's house. Well, she
1: arrives at the house with... Uh, Huffing very, and puffing. Yes, a very kind of... Um,
2: Limp bouquet.
1: Limp bouquet. In every sense. Quite right. And she, of course, the final line that she delivers is about the Major. It's lucky he is a Major. Otherwise, he wouldn't <laughs> get a foot across this front door.
3: Is the Major coming? Yes, Richard. I do believe the Major... Will be coming. (laughs) And it's a good job he is a major. If he was a sergeant, he wouldn't get a foot past the door.
2: (laughs) Before we go, we want to see how much we were all paying attention. So our producer has written a question for us. It's a little competition between Jonathan and me. We are going to write down the answer, what we think is the answer to the question, and you can uh, see if you get it right as well. Play along at home. Jonathan, would you like to read the question that our producer oh, has right. written? What is
1: printed on the mug that Hyacinth is given at Onslow oh. and Daisies? That's
2: easy. I've got this.
1: Shall we uh, switch answers? Well, yes, but I'm going to see if you've written it down correctly.
2: Yes, likewise. <laughs> yeah. Union flag. Not, not the Union Jack. Not a Union Jack, no. no. Only a Jack when it's at sea. <laughs> <laughs> is that true? Well, I think the jury is out a little bit on that. That oh. certainly is a bit of an urban legend. But yes, a, a Union union Jack is slang. Union Flag is what it is officially called. Oh. So yes, a, a producer, did we get that right? Yes, he's summed Gosh. up enough energy to nod. That was easy. I hope he's going to make these more difficult as this <laughs> series continues. We'll see. Keep listening.
1: If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now hear William and I chat through every episode of Series 1 right now. You know how to find the next episode, as you've done so well to find us here... But we need your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our podcast. So, if you wouldn't mind terribly picking up your slimline white telephone with last number Redal, giving them a call, and instructing them to join us, we'd be frightfully grateful. Until next time, cheerio. Goodbye.